Welcome everyone to Stepping Into Your Leadership. I'm your host, Christine Courtney. Our goal here is to give you some actionable takeaways that will help you lead your teams. Thanks for joining us on this leadership journey. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Stepping Into Your Leadership. I'm your host, Christine Courtney, as we take a dive into what's going to improve and catapult your leadership into the next level. Today, we're talking specifically about this workplace assessment, TRACOM's social styles and versatility. I would like to welcome back Greg Shammy, one of my most favorite people, facilitators, coaches, and all over leaders to talk to us specifically about one of the workplace assessments that he and I use most often, which is Traycom Social Styles and Versatility. Welcome, Greg. Hi, Christine. Thanks for having me. So let's take a deep dive into what Traycom Social Styles and Versatility is, and we're probably going to call it Social Styles from now on. So Social Styles really focuses on improving interpersonal effectiveness. Their goal is to increase that kind of social intelligence piece that is so necessary in the workplace. And so just as a breakdown, oftentimes you'll hear us talk about emotional intelligence. Social intelligence is just kind of the next step up of that. So if we talk about emotional intelligence as self-awareness plus self-regulation, I would just add that social intelligence adds relationship skills and social awareness to the pie. And with that, you get an overall kind of interpersonal effectiveness rating and you want that to go up. And in social styles, what you're really looking at, this is based on over 50 years of research that initially started with the Navy and really looking at behaviors that the Navy was seeing was creating better leadership, better teams, so forth. And so really most of the assessments that are used today are still based in a lot of that early psychological behavioral research that was done. The social styles model is four quadrants that are based on two axes, one on responsiveness and one on assertiveness. And so that's really where you're going to fall is in one of those four quadrants based on how you self-assess on their scale of assertiveness and responsiveness. What we find is that then you get four different types of broad personalities that are based on behavior. So one of the things that social styles does that I love is they're very specific that we're not really going to focus on personality as much as the behaviors that we see come out as a result of that. Behaviors are much more defined and much easier for people to see than guessing people's personalities. And so whenever we say that in a session, that tends to have like a little light bulb go off for people of like, okay, I don't have to be a psychologist to do well on this team. I just need to watch what are they doing and telling behaviors. What are people saying? What are they doing that I can see and then kind of assess where they might be on one of these quadrants and how I can work more effectively with them. So there's four quadrants. There's the analytical style, the driving style, the expressive style, and the amiable style. Those are the four that we see in 
social styles and versatility. And somewhere usually people fall in one of those four quadrants. Sometimes you're on the line, sometimes you're in the middle, but that's basically the the gist of it. And once you self-assess, you take an assessment, it depends on who you are and how quickly you go through these, but anywhere from 15 minutes to, to 20 minutes to really get through all of the questions. And then you will get a report that's generated for you that shows you kind of where you fall on this and how also how versatile you are, meaning how you would get a versatility score that shows how easy it is for you to switch your style a little bit to work more effectively with someone who has a different style than you. And that is also a really important part of this assessment that I think can be really helpful for people in the workplace. So let's start, Greg, where did you fall when we did this? Because we do all of this first with our staff. I love that we do it all first. We test prove it to experience it and then develop it so that we can take it out to other teams and do it with them effectively based on what we've done for ourselves. And yeah, it's fascinating I love the four categories. They're so different. I came up as expressive. And so I definitely was tell assertive and uh, more emoting in that bottom right quadrant when they break it down uh, versus the driving style, the analytical style and the amiable style. So I was expressive. Great. Yes, I also have that expressive style. Mine, it comes out slightly different from yours because everything on that quadrant, you know, it depends where you are in that box. If I remember correctly, Greg, you are a little bit closer to the amiable style, right? So you're expressive, but a little closer to the part of the box that's that. And the expressive style is basically you're going to be high on responsiveness, right? Where do you fall in terms of assertiveness there. Do you remember? Uh, yes. I, I think I fell up towards the middle area. So I definitely was high responsive and... And t- I think tell assertive too. But first, let's go through the quadrant. If you're on that responsiveness scale, right? If you're high responsiveness, they equate that to emoting. So a high responsiveness, you're able to emote, show your feelings, show your emotions, all of that. If you are more on the other side of the responsiveness scale, it's controlling. And that doesn't mean that you're controlling others. It means that you're more in control and you keep your emotions and thoughts a little bit closer to the vest, right? The other axis is the assertiveness scale. And we find that on one side is your ask assertive or your tell assertive. And so Asking assertive is you're less likely to be the person in the meeting that comes in and says, this is what we're doing. You're more likely to be like asking questions, waiting a little bit longer and so forth. And so your assertiveness isn't read in the same way as someone that comes in very tell assertive. So what we find is that those driving styles, right, has high controlling and high telling. So they are somebody who has more control of their emotions. So you don't always know what they feel, but they're very clear in telling you what they want. An expressive personality is someone who's going to be very comfortable emoting, sharing stories, laughter, tears, whatever those things are, and also telling you how they feel. Not always, but they tend to be more outgoing and so forth. Yeah. So I've noticed as an expressive, I don't know if we want to get into this already while you're breaking it down, but I have a, like a step forward impulse. Mm. And so when, you know, when I started to see that, I consciously try and step back 
to play with that because the step forward can become very forceful in environments. And so like as a leader, I'm always thinking about how do you intervene with kind of those impulses or those things you're seeing. And the, you know, the test is fantastic because it, it's just highlights that. And then I start to become more aware of it and then try and work on it to develop more of a balanced approach. Exactly. And so you can already see how this works on an employee by the way that Greg said the uh, kind of aha moments he had for himself. If you have somebody who's in the amiable quadrant, that means they're more ask assertive, meaning that they wait a little bit. Maybe they ask a few more questions, not as comfortable as Greg is in jumping in, but they are also good at being vulnerable, sharing their feelings, relating to you. These people tend to be very kind, very thoughtful. They're great in groups because they can tell usually where they need to fall within a group, what the group needs. But sometimes it's a little hard to know how they feel or think about something because they tend to sit, step back. So sometimes if you know you have a lot of amiable people in your group, that they're going to choose maybe likability and connecting with people as a value over other things. And so then it's a matter of like, how do I really get them to feel comfortable with their opinions and getting out what they want? That's like one of the challenges that you could have with that amiable style. But Every style has their strengths and then has the edge of when that strength becomes maybe a problematic in some environments or with some teams. The other style is the analytical style, which you get more control. So you know a little bit less about what they're feeling or thinking. And they're also ask assertive. So these people tend to be very logical tend to really want to think through things, tend to be detail-oriented. They do not want to make a mistake. They want to feel that their decision is based on a lot of information before they make it. Whereas Greg said he's very easy to step in and jump in, right? The analytical style is the exact opposite. They are on opposite ends of those quadrants. And these folks are great at getting the details to something, researching something. The edge of where this can sometimes get in trouble is they have a hard time making decisions and they can be a little slower than you would want them to be because they have a desire to be right and to make sure that they're doing the right thing. And so sometimes the coaching with somebody who's an analytical style is to make sure that one, they feel they have the time to prepare, that they get the agendas ahead of time because they're not going to be as good on their feet. And that they then also have the opportunity to know like it's safe. Give me your gut feeling. You don't have to be right on this. Like go ahead and tell me what you think and push them ever so gently into kind of knowing that it's safe to make a generalization when maybe they wouldn't want to. So it's kind of a matter of like, what do you need in the moment? However, someone like myself or Greg, who's a very expressive person, we need a lot of these analytical people in our lives to make sure that we're getting the details right, that they're doing a lot of the research. You know, sometimes uh, I've been known to be strong and wrong in the past, <laughs> and this is somebody who's going to help me to make sure that I uh, 
dot my I's and cross my T's, or at least they're there to help. And so that's about knowing who that person is. A lot of times you'll see these people in the legal departments and the finance departments, and you really want these people who are really helping keep the controls in your company. The other style, the fourth style that we haven't talked about yet, and they would be very upset that we're talking about them last, is the driving style, which means they're on the responsive scale. They're very, they're quite controlling of their emotions, but assertiveness scale, they are probably the most assertive. They have no problem telling it like it is. These are the folks that you go into those meetings and they almost speak in bullet points, right? You can see the bullet points as they speak. A lot of times they use staccato body language. If you're looking at behaviors, they say things quickly, succinctly. You don't always know how they feel, but you're very clear on what they want. And if you're working with somebody like that, there are a lot of things that you can do, right, Greg? You, I think you have experience in this to uh, adjust your style when you work with them to get the most effectiveness out of that relationship or that collaboration. Greg, do you want to give that example that you have that you learned on your team of where you had to adjust? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so... I'm inexpressive, as we said, <laughs> and one of my teammates is a analytical. And so I had to really figure out her language and what was going to work for her. And it was very different from me. As you were describing the analytical, you were saying it was the uh, opposite of where the expressive lives. And so when I say analytical, I think she was analytical and driver, like com combination, potentially. So I had to be very organized, get her the agenda in advance, be very prepared to be super clear, one, two, three, one, two, three. And then like time was definitely money uh, with her. So it's like, there's no wasted time. So I had to be <laughs> super prepared and very clear and concise. Uh, so it wasn't like I was going to go in there and tell stories. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Whereas I, I say, if you're going to meet with Greg and I, it's always great to start with a story. We love a story as an expressive, right? We also, there's generally a lot of laughter where we come from because we're high on that emotive scale. So it's good for us to know like, okay, I'm dealing with a driver. I need to get straight to the point. You notice it right away. You notice people's desks. You know, we have people sometimes take pictures of their desk, like don't clean it up. Don't do anything. Just take a picture of your desk and show it to us. And it's so funny to see how even their desk falls into these four quadrants. You know, if you have a driving style desk, my husband is a driver. There is nothing on that desk. Maybe, maybe a pen, definitely his laptop. I don't even think there's a notebook. And every night it's cleaned up perfectly. Like that's his style. As an expressive, my space is also expressive. Where my desk is, there's papers everywhere. I would call it creative chaos, which drives him absolutely nutso. So during COVID, uh, when we were both working from home, I have to be really mindful, like, okay, this may drive him a little crazy. Where can we kind of meet halfway in this process, right? That makes our even personal collaboration and relationship a little bit better. But you may see it in the office too, especially if you have people that sit right next to each other. 
I had a driver who was sitting across from me and I had to be really careful that my chaos didn't spill over into her area because she needs to think very clear, succinctly and precisely. An analytical style person is going to have a lot of paperwork generally, (laughs) a lot of, you know, think of legal offices, lots of briefs, lots of financials, because they want to be close to the information that is going to make them more successful in their minds, right? And so there's tends to be a lot of information around on their desk. An amiable style, what do you think, Greg, that you're going to see on an amiable desk? Probably like highlights of appreciations or, you know, (laughs) calling people out or, you know, that you've given love to or they've given love to you or, uh, you know, things that are going to make you feel good around validation and accomplishment. So uh, they're very, very people connected, uh, collaborative and I just like the word amiable. I mean, they're bringing people together and trying to build that dynamic. Yes, that's perfect. So you'll oftentimes see every thank you note they've gotten, every little message of appreciation. You'll also see a lot of photographs. You see photographs on everybody's desk. Everybody loves their family, loves their kids, loves their dogs. But you definitely see it on an amiable's desk and you see it generally in a a profoundly. So sometimes if you just walk in and see someone's space, you could even start to figure out like, okay, how can I adjust my style to match the behaviors of some of theirs that could make me a little more effective and how I begin to relate to them. It doesn't mean you have to change who you are by any means. Trust me, you really can't, but you can adapt. You can be a little more fluid, which can help build a relationship a little bit quicker, right? It doesn't mean you're completely doing a a 180. You're just maybe doing a 20 degree shift or making them feel a little more comfortable working with you. Christine, just uh, one more thought. It's also really fantastic to get a sense of where clients are at in terms of, say you're going in for a client meeting And you know, this person lights up to, like we said, the driver quadrant. And so you play to those aspects for them, again, meeting them where they're at, trying to figure out the way they like things to be done. And you do it that way. And suddenly the language comes to life in in their world and, and there's connectivity grows. Yes. We often will say, if we put you into groups, all the analyticals together, all the drivers, all the expressives, all the angles, and we undoubtedly say, well, I have all of those. Okay, yes, you may have all of those, but you have some stronger. And there are some things that because of your job, you have to be versatile, right? And so you've gotten good at that, but it may not be where you naturally default to. And so what we're really looking at is where do you naturally default to? And then how do you increase your versatility a little bit based on that. So a lot of times when we do this work, we'll put all the analyticals together so you can see like, oh yeah, we do have these in common. And oftentimes those groups, when we place you with your style of similarity, you're very happy, right? You're very like, oh, I'm home. I have my tribe. And it's not always the most effective for working with everyone that's just like you. And so if you're in a position of hiring, you have to be careful because we will have a default where we will want to hire people that are just like us. And if you don't go through kind of a more systematic hiring system, that could happen without you even realizing it. And so what you want to be able to do is look at that and recognize, okay, 
I'm going to naturally feel comfortable with people who are more expressive, who can tell me how they feel, who are more emotive, but maybe that's not what I need. Maybe I need somebody who's more driving based on what this job is or based on we have a lack of that in our team. And so really looking at, because the best combination, think of it like a guitar string. If it's too loose, right, too relaxed, you can't get good music out of it. If it's too tight, the strain on that string doesn't sound good either. It's that kind of like tension, that healthy tension that we're looking for, even between teams, tend to get the best results. So you don't want to have it be too cozy, but you also don't want it to be too tense. And so that's always what we're looking for. So when we divide them into groups, and I'll say, describe to me your perfect meeting. So fascinating what we would get because the drivers would say a perfect meeting is either not to have a meeting or that it's, you know, 10 minutes long with bullet points and clear action items that everybody is responsible for and takes away. The expressive is probably, I don't know, what would be your perfect meeting, Greg? Uh, A little bit of fun, a little bit of connection, and then some good content, and then finishing with some, uh, you know, feeling good. Yeah, they want to feel good. action steps, action steps and feeling good, and let's go. Yeah, they want to be inspired, generally. They want to feel like, yeah, we're all on the same page. Um, Exactly. Action-oriented still. People are able to talk, share their thoughts. If you go to an amiable style, we would see a lot of the need to connect with others. They would want to have a good opening time where people can talk about their feelings. They can hear each other, that it feels very fair in that way, right? Think of a really good classroom. That's how they're going to want to feel. These people do well with groups. They want to feel that connection. And analytical people are going to want a lot of content, a lot of details. They're going to want to not have to make a decision necessarily in that time. They're going to want a lot of prep. They're going to want the agendas beforehand. And then they're going to want, even after the meeting, they're going to want like a synopsis or like these were the action steps that we said to do because they want to make sure that they're right in how they respond. So once those groups share all of that, everyone in the room goes, oh my God, that is totally different. I have three of those kind of people in my meetings and I never prepare like that. You know, I probably, if I could choose, I probably never throw out an agenda ahead of time, but I have learned that many, many people need and want that. And so I have to be a little more versatile in how I perform. And that's one of those things that I learned uh, kind of the hard way. Anything else, Greg, that you have picked up on from some of the work? Because we've done this with a number of organizations now, and you probably have used it even in your coaching. Is there ways that you've seen this really help people or make an impact? Why should a company use this? It's amazing, actually, because after every time we do this, people love the session so much. They love getting the report. They love seeing the specifics about themselves in terms of where they're put, even if they disagree with certain aspects, it still gets them to reflect on themselves and look at these different elements and and say, yes, I see that, or, you know, not so much this, and then highlight again, those opportunities for improvement. And again, it's not only about me, it then becomes about the social piece and the social regulation piece and how are we, again, working to meet other folks in different approaches, different styles where they're at effectively. 
And like you said, I would be way more effective in a quad of, you know, analytical driver, amiable and me Mm. versus four expressives altogether. I'm sure if we were, you know, one from each quadrant, we would come up with many, many different ideas that would kind of blow the box up compared to if it was just, you know, four expressives. So I, I find that diversifying is such an important piece and also learning about the other quadrants is fascinating how to work with people who are different than me. I think, you know, we go into like six tips for each quadrant. And I I love that part because you start to figure out, oh, my boss is in this area. My direct reports are here, here, and here. And, you know, here's some tips on how to really work with them more effectively. And then, you know, start to open up the communications about that, which then, again, starts to enhance the relationships. Yes. And you just gave me a great idea. Let's give them one tip that maybe we haven't mentioned for each of the styles. Talk about putting you on the spot here. So let's start with the driving style. Can you think of one tip that we haven't mentioned yet? Okay. Uh, I think a driver definitely appreciates when you show your competence. Yes. So anything where I can demonstrate that I am prepared that I'm ready to get right to it for them and be specific about what I'm sharing. I think they really appreciate that and that lights them up. So I don't know if we, I, we kind of maybe mentioned that, but does that help? Yes. Show your competence. One other one that I'll add is follow up on your promises. If you promise a driver something, follow up on it and even say, I promised you I would do this. Here it is. I'm just following up. That is their love language, right? So that's great. Show your competence, follow up on your promises, respect their time. I even with some of the people I coach, I even say, imagine when you speak to him that you're talking in bullet points, you're not talking in monologues. So great. Okay, Greg, analytical style, right? What is a tip that maybe we haven't mentioned yet? Uh, Well, it makes me think of the idea of communicating clearly and concisely don't pressure them because they like to marinate and think right so i am going to communicate clearly and concisely but i'm also going to give them some space and not pressure them for answers does that make sense yes that's great good one and also at with that Take your time. When you're talking to an analytical person, sometimes I have a tendency to talk really fast. I get really excited. I talk really fast. I go fast. With them, one of the tips that I love to remind myself is just slow down. Take my time a little bit because their mind is thinking of the logic of it at the same time that you're talking. So if I just slow it down and I try to be much clearer and more detailed in my responses, they will appreciate that. That gives them a little space to think and have time. Okay. Also ask them for their feedback because mm. again, they like to think they're in the head a lot and they're analyzing and breaking things down. And so when they get the opportunity to give their perspective it's a nice way to to get it going. Love it. All right, amiable style. What's a tip we haven't talked about yet? Uh, well, th- this is interesting because you think the amiable person is all about you know keeping people together, building group dynamic, which yes, they are. But where does conflict fall into that? So I think you have to approach conflict carefully with amiable 
uh, folks in the amiable category. I think the the tendency there, like in a lot of us, is to avoid conflict. So anytime there is conflict, it, it rubs against their their nature. Uh, does that make sense? Yes. Uh, another tip for the amiable style that I had to learn in a hard way too is to always be courteous. They really value courtesy. And so even in my emails, sometimes I get straight to the point and the amiable people really like to have a salutation at the beginning where you say, hi, so-and-so, how are you doing? And then get to the point and then have a, have a good weekend or say hi to the kids for me or whatever uh, at the end of your email as well. That is one of those little tips that amiable folks just kind of appreciate that they don't always wouldn't be able to say or tell you to do. All right. Expressive style. What's one, um, we've probably talked about this the most since we both have the expressive style, but in, in working with us, what's a tip that people could use, Greg? Well, we didn't mention this, but we expressives like love the big picture. And so if you can somehow expand the viewpoint to the bigger picture and the purpose, that is a, a way I think also that excites an expressive, obviously also listening to their opinions, laughing with them, having a good time, like we were saying, recognizing their contributions. These are all really great ways to get expressives to be in their zone of strength. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes with an expressive, especially if let's say they're a client of yours, lighten up a little bit, go into that meeting a little less tense or right to the point. Take a little more time. We had this with a client of ours. He came to me and he said, Hey, Christine, um, I know you put a new manager on our account. And I just want to let you know that I missed the other guy. He was much more fun. And the other guy wasn't expressive. And this new guy, much more analytical. So I had to go in and say, Hey, you know, he wants you to relax a little bit take a little bit more time, laugh with him a little bit more uh, so that you can kind of get across the agenda items you want to get across and build that relationship. And that was a good tip that he, that, that that client gave me. And so I, sometimes if you know, you have an, a client that's this way, you know, just lighten it up a little bit. All right. Well, those are our tips for, if you want to learn more about these, you can check them out in the show notes. There's a link there to some of these tips also, be sure to try this assessment at some point if you're interested. Uh, we can let you know more about how that can happen as well. But we have seen great gains for teams using the TRACOM Social Styles and Versatility Assessment. Thanks, Greg, for being here. It's always a pleasure to work with you and your expressive style. Thanks, Christine, and you as well. And thanks for all the, uh, all the goodness in this episode. All right, everybody. Thanks again. If you're interested in learning more about some of the other assessments, check out our other episodes to see which one is right for you. Hey, everybody. Greg Shammy here. As we're closing out today's episode, I've got an awesome opportunity for your new managers and people leaders. Starting May 1st, our transformative eight-week online course called Leadership Learning Lab will kick off. In this course, managers will learn how to build trust and engage their teams, communicate more effectively, and empower themselves and others to achieve success. Imagine if early in your career you had learned how to master the art of impactful feedback, 
or how to navigate performance conversations with ease, and even how to delegate effectively. This course is an investment in your team to help your company grow and achieve ultimate success. It's an opportunity that will help your people transform their leadership skills in just eight weeks. Spots are limited. Pre-sale is open right now. This is a chance to get ahead and secure spots for your team members at a 10% discount. Use the code PRESALE, one word. Click on the link in the show notes for more info. And thank you so much for joining Christine today. I look forward to seeing your team in our Leadership Learning Lab.